All right, folks, as we draw near to another critical election, it's not only about casting your vote, it's about elevating your voice, making your voice be heard. AMAC is more than just a senior discount organization. They unite like-minded patriots like you and I, committed to preserving our cherished values and actively opposing the leftist agenda that's sweeping across America. Just look at their recent victories. AMAC members helped to push forward an investigation into practices that inflate drug prices. They successfully defeated ranked choice voting in order to protect traditional voting methods, and they've also helped block a federal takeover of elections. As AMAC's membership grows, Washington is listening. Every new member strengthens this movement. If you love America, visit AMAC, A-M-A-C dot U-S slash Just News to become a four-year member for just $30. That's a great discount. AMAC is not only better for America, it's better for you. Membership gives you access to the AMAC magazine, free Social Security and Medicare guidance, money-saving discounts, trusted news, sweepstakes, and so much more. It's a community, not a service. Take advantage of our election year sale, four years for just $30 at AMAC. By joining over 2 million Americans, they can't ignore your voice in Washington anymore. Join now at AMAC, A-M-A-C dot U-S slash Just News. That's A-M-A-C dot U-S forward slash Just News. Good evening, America, and welcome to this Just the News, Real America's Voice special, The Chief's Chief. I'm John Solomon, the Editor-in-Chief of Just the News. And I'm Amanda Head, one of Real America's Voices, now hosts with you, John Solomon. For those of you out there who haven't heard, in January, John and I will be doing a nightly show called News Not Noise right here on this channel. But today, we are going to give you a taste of what we have in store for you. Big interviews, news-making revelations, and analysis that helps make sense of Washington and the world. That's right, Amanda. A lot of books have already been written about the Trump presidency in the 11 months since the 45th president left office. Some have been based on rumor and anonymous sources. Some have been challenged factually. But today, we're going to take a deep dive on one book, The Chief's Chief, that is completely on the record and completely based on firsthand eyewitness accounts from President Trump's most senior aide in the White House, his last chief of staff, Mark Meadows. Mark is going to join us in a second and spend the whole next hour with us as we explore the big revelations in his book and get some unprecedented insights into what, was, what it was like to be inside a White House under endless attack from Democrats, the media, and sometimes even its own federal bureaucracy for four straight years. Amanda, what are you hoping to accomplish today? I want to hear from Mark some of those juicy details that, you know, he has these stories in the book that are so heartwarming. And some of them, you know, you, you don't really get that view as an outsider unless you are someone like his chief of staff. And I know that he has so many juicy details in this book, but I want to try to squeeze a little bit more juice from that lemon and get a few more details and maybe a, a broader scope of some of these things and some of the instances that he's going to talk about during his time as chief of staff. Yeah, there's no doubt. You know, the Trump presidency, for me, if you were to read the media clips, you say, well, it's just one big giant scandal. <laughs> But there are these amazing accomplishments, energy independence, securing the border, one of the most roaring economies in American right. history. And it gets lost in all of the clutter that the media has put in. So I can't wait to talk about how some of those things came together right. and um, and how really the course of history was changed in four years under this president. So right. should, should be a good time. I think we have Mark Meadows with us right now. Uh, Mark, are you there? 
I am uh, great to join you both. And uh, John, Amanda, congratulations on your uh, new nightly that's coming up after the first of the year. And uh, it's certainly great to, to be with you tonight and, uh, and join you as we look at, at talking about uh, the, the great legacy that President Donald J. Trump was able to leave for the American people and the honor it was for me to serve as his chief of staff. Yeah, it was an amazing time. And of course, you, you saw half of that a presidency from Congress, half of it from the White House, and you were instrumental in both our jobs. I want to, before we turn to the book, which is an amazing accomplishment, and, and congratulations on putting together such a great read. But you made a lot of news yesterday. Uh, you filed, I think, a historic <laughs> lawsuit challenging your old uh, institution's uh, right to subpoena you and to intrude on uh, executive privilege. Talk a little bit about how important that lawsuit is. Well, uh, you know, sadly, it had to get to a lawsuit. You know, we had been working for several weeks, as you know, John, trying to find an accommodation, a voluntary accommodation uh, with the committee to, to share certain non-privileged uh, uh, items. And, and yet what we found was even after in good faith working with the committee to try to provide some documents that were uh, non-privileged and not uh, covered under the president's executive privilege claim. Uh, and by the president's, I'm talking about President Donald Trump's executive uh, privilege claim. Uh, what, what we found was is that uh, not only the scope of their questioning, uh, but really a, a new subpoena that came up uh, that they were going to subpoena all the, the telephone records from a, you know, my cell phone carrier. Uh, they did this without notifying us. Uh, and so it became apparent that we would have to file a lawsuit against Speaker Pelosi and the January 6th committee. And so the attorneys uh, did that yesterday. Uh, we don't believe that it's our uh, right uh, or ability to waive executive privilege. That's something that belongs to uh, President Donald Trump. And it would have a chilling effect. You would think about it this way, John. If, if every new president can waive the executive privilege of the previous president and then allow for a Congress to go on a fishing expedition that's got such broad scope, uh, they are not a law enforcement institution. They're a legislative one. And so I don't want to speak to the merits of the lawsuit as much as I, I do think constitutionally we've got something that needs to be protected. That's why we've uh, we filed this lawsuit. Uh, I don't know that it will stop uh, Congress from going ahead and acting on contempt charges, but hopefully the courts will weigh in. This is what courts are set up to do. And uh, someone, uh, you know, can weigh in on the the merits of the claims that we've laid out in our lawsuit. Yes. Mark, we're so happy you're here with us. And with respect to the broad scope of those subpoenas, it brings up a broader issue, which is, you know, possibly invasion of privacy. And, and I used to say to my liberal friends, everyone should be concerned about this because someday the tables are going to turn. But even when the tables turn, I don't see a Republican-led committee crossing that line when it comes to investigations. What are your thoughts? Well, I, I, I can only speak to the experience that I had when I was a member of Congress. And I can tell you when we were in the majority, uh, while we may have been very, uh, uh, very 
I guess, tenacious in terms of trying to get to the facts. The use of subpoenas and the use of subpoenas on private citizens was so incredibly limited. In fact, uh, speakers of both uh, parties, whether Democrat or Republican, uh, have always used that subpoena power very judiciously. And and that seems to have changed. Uh, and, you, and you're right. When you look at uh, if, if Congress has such a wide authority on subpoena power, uh, they're acting more like a law enforcement uh, group than they are in, indeed a legislative one. And, uh, and hopefully it's something that the courts will weigh in on. Yeah, such an important issue. Mark, you worked with a lot of these members that are now in, in the process of subpoenaing and investigating. I want to ask you this question. Is the goal of this lawsuit just to run out the clock? Or if you resolve these issues, is your intention to actually cooperate? Yeah, it, it's uh, I mean, the clock is is not something that was ever a factor. It's really the merits of the argument, the constitutional arguments, uh, you know, the the uh, the privacy issues that Amanda raised. I mean, when you start to look at this, uh, my concern is, is what is it going to mean to future presidents and future chiefs of staff and not just chiefs of staff, other senior advisors, there's three or four senior advisors that uh, those conversations should be protected. Uh, uh, and and yet uh, it seems like that we've we've kind of just thrown that away. And and those constitutional protections hopefully will be able to be argued on the merits of those. And uh, and again, this has nothing to do with a, a a clock that's ticking or or not ticking. Mark, I want to pivot over to your book, The Chief's Chief, that was released earlier this week. Congratulations to you on that success. I know that uh, a lot of people are busy reading it, but. When people finish the book, when they close the back cover and they have finished the book, what's what's the main message you want people to walk away from it with? Well, I think three three different messages. Uh, you know, we we may say the main message might be President Trump's unbelievable work ethic or the ability for him to uh, not only do historic things, whether it's getting rid of the ISIS caliphate that not many people are talking about today, uh, taking on uh, China and Vladimir Putin. Uh, actually, you start to see the contrast between his leadership style and that that we have in the Oval Office now. Uh, but also what uh, I, I'm hopeful that that the readers will will find. I know that I found it personally. Is that work ethic, that willingness to make America first, was really something that was enshrined in President Donald Trump, where his love for America came through in every decision, both privately and publicly, uh, trying to do the very best with an unbelievable sacrifice. But he was able to take on challenges that not many politicians would ever take on. And there's a historic, uh, the reason why his endorsement uh, has so much power is because the American people realized that there was an authentic person willing to risk everything to do what was right for the country. Yeah, such an important part, Mark. We're going to come back. There are so many amazing revelations in this book. I can't wait to dig in from foreign policy to domestic policy to the fact that we've created a Trump doctrine in America. We're going to get right back to that after this quick commercial break. The first 400 people that text PROMO to 75802 and make a donation of any size will receive a copy of The Chief's Chief.
Hey folks, have you heard of cancer-fighting foods? The American Cancer Society discovered diets rich in fruits and vegetables may actually lower your risk of cancer. Think about that for a second. That's really important. Hopefully, you hear this and run to the store for five servings of fruits and vegetables every day. But if you're like me, you probably don't have the time to do that, right? So maybe you should consider adding Field of Greens to your daily health regimen. Each fruit and veggie in Field of Greens was doctor-selected for studied health benefits. There's a heart health group, lungs, kidneys, and metabolism groups, even healthy weight. What your body needs is in each scoop of delicious Field of Greens. I take it every day. Sometimes I put it in a shake. Sometimes I put it in my egg white omelet in the morning. Field of Greens can help prevent, treat, and cure cancer? No, but it can powerfully help you audit your next checkup. Your doctor will notice your improved health or you're going to get your money back. Here's the most amazing thing about it. I started using Field of Greens a year ago. My cholesterol is down. My blood sugar is down. My weight's down. My health is up. My sleeping patterns are better. My metabolism is up. If you want to experience what I've experienced, go check out Field of Greens. Jump into the ring here. You're going to get an enormous benefit. And it's so simple. Single scoop, a couple of seconds, healthy lifestyle all day long. Now, thanks to our good friends at Brickhouse Nutrition, Field of Greens is going to give you a 15% off discount plus free rush shipping. All you got to do is go to fieldofgreens.com and use the promo code JUSTNEWS for your discount. That's promo code JUSTNEWS at fieldofgreens.com. Fieldofgreens.com, promo code JUSTNEWS. Go check it out. Hey folks, have you heard of cancer-fighting foods? The American Cancer Society discovered diets rich in fruits and vegetables may actually lower your risk of cancer. Think about that for a second. That's really important. Hopefully, you hear this and run to the store for five servings of fruits and vegetables every day. But if you're like me, you probably don't have the time to do that, right? So maybe you should consider adding Field of Greens to your daily health regimen. Each fruit and veggie in Field of Greens was doctor-selected for studied health benefits. There's a heart health group, lungs, kidneys, and metabolism groups, even healthy weight. What your body needs is in each scoop of delicious Field of Greens. I take it every day. Sometimes I put it in a shake. Sometimes I put it in my egg white omelet in the morning. Field of Greens can help prevent, treat, and cure cancer? No, but it can powerfully help you audit your next checkup. Your doctor will notice your improved health or you're going to get your money back. Here's the most amazing thing about it. I started using Field of Greens a year ago. My cholesterol is down. My blood sugar is down. My weight's down. My health is up. My sleeping patterns are better. My metabolism is up. If you want to experience what I've experienced, go check out Field of Greens. Jump into the ring here. You're going to get an enormous benefit. And it's so simple. Single scoop, a couple of seconds, healthy lifestyle all day long. Now, Thanks to our good friends at Brickhouse Nutrition, Field of Greens is going to give you a 15% off discount plus free rush shipping. All you got to do is go to fieldofgreens.com and use the promo code JUSTNEWS for your discount. That's promo code JUSTNEWS at fieldofgreens.com. Fieldofgreens.com, promo code JUSTNEWS. Go check it out. Welcome back, everybody, to this Just the News Real America's Voice special. John Solomon and I here tonight with President Trump's former chief of staff, Mark Meadows, author of the book, The Chief's Chief. Mark, thank you so much for joining us. 
You know, so many people have their idea of what happened inside the White House, what it was like during meetings that you had with him, any conversations that took place around the orbit of Donald Trump. What are some of the things that happened behind closed doors that that you think the American public would appreciate knowing because maybe maybe they showed Donald Trump his presidency in a little bit different light than the mainstream media casts on him? Well, you know, I think probably the biggest thing is, is in those Oval Office meetings, oftentimes what he would encourage, uh, contrary to uh, what the, the left media wanted to suggest, is, is that he encouraged difference of opinion. He wanted to see the, the contrast. He wanted to see the back and forth. In fact, uh, he would do what I call uh, creative chaos, where he would actually have people of different opinions uh, arguing back and forth right in front. Sometimes it made me so uncomfortable because, you know, you, you had this sparring that was going back and forth. But then he would make a real decision very quickly. Uh, and, and when he made those decisions, it was always based on two different points of view where they would actually come in and pre- present it. But here's the other interesting thing is it was always it came back and I put this in the book. It always came back to, well, what would it mean to this particular group? So, you know, if, if we were talking talking energy policy. You know, what did it mean to the coal miners and the uh, the oil producers and gas producers across the country? Uh, would it actually help them in terms of keeping their jobs? Uh, would this economic policy actually benefit the the union workers in this state? And, and if, the, if the, it couldn't be answered, and I, I put that out, if it couldn't be answered, he, in uh, what I would call Trump time, would say, we need to have the answer because I've promised the the voters out there that we would deliver on this. So a campaign promise to him was more uh, about a to-do list that he was committed to getting done. Yeah, it is really remarkable too. I mean, most presidents promise a lot when they're on the campaign trail and then you get four years in, you say, well, he didn't get them all. The checklist is half complete and he needs another term. But you go in, Donald Trump really hit all of the main checklist items that he wanted for that first presidency. A wall, a roaring economy, tax cuts, and then he had to create a couple, like we're going to create a vaccine in less than a year, which everybody thought was ludicrous at the beginning. Your storytelling in this book about the vaccine and how that got done is amazing. What's the one story you want people to know about how that vaccine became reality in really about 10 months? Well, here's the thing is everybody was telling President Trump it couldn't be done. The only person uh, that really believed that it could be done uh, because he managed to accomplish things that were deemed impossible was President Trump. Uh, You know, everybody around him, including the Dr. Fauci's uh, of the world, were saying, oh, you know, this is a two to five year project. Uh, And and it wasn't just the vaccines. I want to I want to make one footnote here. It was he was pushing on therapeutics. He was making right. at the same time saying, we've got to find a way to get ventilators. Uh, you know, there was a time uh, in in all of that China virus when it came in where we were concerned that people literally would not have a hospital bed, would not have a ventilator and, and would die because of that. And, uh, and that had a real impact on the president where he says, we cannot let that happen in the United States. So, uh, so he, he put the full force. Uh, we worked around the clock. He was working seven days a week, 24 hours a day to make sure that we did that. And then coming up with Operation Warp Speed to make sure that the vaccines uh, that we got both the federal government and private sector together to come up with real solutions 
solutions. Uh, he he was uh, getting briefed on that on a, a, a regular basis, but also uh, he wanted to give hope for so many people. As you know, the the uh, the left wing media had their COVID counter out there, and I think they were putting that up there oftentimes just to try to to influence the November elections. But he wanted it was personal to him. He had had friends that had. Uh, had succumbed to COVID, and he wanted to make sure that every American had some hope. Uh, and he wouldn't take no for an answer. Yeah, it's very telling that that COVID counter is no longer there. Uh, yeah. But, yeah. yeah. Oh, Pivoting well, everyone. Well said, Amanda. Yeah. Everyone, I encourage you to go out and buy this book, The Chief's Chief, a great Christmas present. But I know one person who has already read the book. Mark, just a few days ago, President Trump put out a statement about your book, very complimentary, congratulating you on the success of this book. And something within his statement, he talked about how within your book you discuss uh, election irregularities. Let's, let's put it that way. Uh, can you expound on that a little bit? Yeah, I mean, listen, everybody wants to to move on and say that, you know, everything that happened with the 2020 uh, election was legitimate, you know, and whether whether you look at, at the fraud that happened or that you look at at literally the, the state laws that were ignored in many cases in many of these states, those are things that we still have to deal with. You know, election integrity is, is the key component uh, for us to have confidence that one vote matters, but there, only legal votes will be counted. Uh, and there still is uh, a number of efforts going on across the country. Uh, but to ignore that and to ignore that in this book would not have been appropriate. But also to ignore that as, as, as citizens of the United States. Uh, I, I can tell you that, uh, you know, some of the reporting that, uh, that John and others have done on this particular issue uh, just begs uh, further question that says, all right, what are we going to do? Are we going to have audits. And I'm not just talking about the states where Donald Trump was declared the loser. I'm talking about all 50 states to make sure that it's easy to vote, but hard to cheat. And so uh, so I outline a, a lot of that, the legitimate concerns that Americans had still have many of them and uh, and that we need to continue to address that uh, you know it, it was a tough time on election night as we saw you know counters and vote totals and uh, and you know really uh, decisions being made uh, and and with all of that changing I think it's important that we continue to look at election integrity we cover that in the book and uh, <clears throat> and President Trump is right to address that. We're right as an American people to address it. And uh, listen, they all talk about the big lie, Amanda. Let me tell you what the big lie was. The big lie was the Russia hoax that went on for all uh, you know of the four years of the Trump presidency continues in small areas to go on, even though it's being refuted. Uh, some of the reporting that's been done has been incredible. But we also know that that was just a big hoax. And yet you have some of the members, even on the January 6th committee, that would go on every Sunday on every show and saying they've got all this evidence when they didn't have it. Yeah, and had I we worked all closely together, Mark, and trying to get to the truth on that. What do you think the biggest legacy is of the Russia hoax? The, do you think the law enforcement agencies like the FBI and the intelligence community have learned a lesson, or does there need to be more accountability from John Durham before we can close that chapter? 
Yeah, I think it needs to be more accountability from John Durham. I put in the book, you know, the president says, where's where's Durham? Where's Durham? Uh, you probably have heard him say that as well. Uh, you know, there still needs to be accountability. And, and here's the interesting thing is a, a lot of people on the FBI and DOJ are hardworking American public servants. And uh, you know that, I know that. And yet what we've seen is, is when some of these decisions were weaponized, whether it was uh, uh, willfully by just a few people at the top or whether it was the intelligence community weaponizing it. We we knew enough and you did some outstanding reporting uh, over and over and over again, John, uh, that we, we need to be able to trust our intelligence community and the FBI. And when you look at at allowing, in, in my opinion, a Democrat operative to actually plant the stories and then have those stories picked up as if they're true. It, it's very troubling and, and it's something that Durham hopefully will get to the bottom of. Yeah, and you talk about weaponizing, you know, not just the, the January 6th committee, but as you brought up, the FBI. You know, there, there's been so much damage, I think, to the reputation of the FBI. I don't think we've any, seen anything like this since maybe the Hoover Donovan days. Um, but as far as the intelligence community going forward, and, and we know Americans' pretty valid distrust of the IC, of the intelligence community, what does that look like going forward for those agencies specifically? Well, I think, uh, you know, I, I can tell you that under Donald Trump, uh, you know, you had a couple of people in Rick Grinnell and John Ratcliffe that were doing their very best to make sure that intelligence was exactly that. It was intelligence uh, that would actually allow for a president and our military leaders to make informed decisions. Uh, anytime that you go beyond that and you start to allow that with, with either leaks or selective leaks or selective reporting, it, it's trouble. And so I'm hopeful, you know, that's a legitimate congressional uh, um, legislative thing that Congress should be looking at. But whether it's in the FISA reform, whether it's in the way that we look at this information and it's shared, uh, you, you can't use the, the, the power of the intelligence community to put a, a political narrative out there, even if it's only a few people. And again, yeah. I want to stress that broadly, uh, the vast majority of people are, are hardworking, dedicated public right. servants. And we just need to make sure that uh, Lady Justice has a blindfold on. That's right. The rank, you know, rank and file, especially specifically the FBI. Unfortunately, a lot of them are leaving because they see what's happening in the culture that's being propagated there. But we've got much more coming up after the break with Mark Meadows, President Trump's former chief of staff, with his book, The Chief's Chief. The first 400 people that text PROMO to 75802 and make a donation of any size will receive a copy of The Chief's Chief. Hey folks, if you're a homeowner and you're like me, you want to protect your home, right? But when's the last time you checked on the title to your home? If you never have, listen to this. A new report on homeowners shows we all now have $16 trillion in equity. That's an all-time high in America. That's why you need protection from a scam the FBI calls house stealing. That's when the equity in all of our homes is the target, sadly, of scammers. If nobody's watching the title to your home, these scammers can transfer your title to their name, take out loans, and your equity could be gone. Poof, gone. 
You have to protect your equity from this despicable crime right now with triple lock protection from my good friends at HomeTitleLock.com. The first step is to check on your home's title to see if it's still in your name. Sign up with your address at HomeTitleLock.com and be sure to use the promo code JUSTNEWS. They're going to send you a complete title scan of your home's title in your first 30 days of triple lock home title protection. That's legendary protection, by the way. It's free. HomeTitleLock.com. Use the promo code JUSTNEWS. One more time. Go to HomeTitleLock.com today and protect your most important asset, the equity in your home. Okay, it's time to commit. 2024 is the year for prioritizing yourself. Begin your new smile journey with Byte, and you could start seeing results in just two to three weeks. Just order your at-home impression kit today for only $14.95 at Byte.com. Byte Clear Aligners are doctor-directed and delivered to your door. Treatment costs thousands less than braces. Plus, they offer financing options, accept eligible insurance, and you can pay with your HSA, FSA. Get 80% off your impression kit when you use code WONDERY at Byte.com. That's B-Y-T-E dot Start your confidence journey today with Byte. All right, folks, welcome back to our very special special, The Chief's Chief. The name comes right from the book from our guest today, Mark Meadows, the chief of staff to President Trump and the author of the great book, Chief's Chief. Mark, when we finished up, I was listening to that last answer, uh, a couple of answers. And, you know, I when you look back now, President Trump's victory in 2016, his four years in office are more than just a four year tenure, more than just a interruption of the politics as normal. There is the clear outlines now of a Trump doctrine that define foreign policy, American policy, the American interest, something that got lost in the last 20 years. What do you think are the key tenets of the Trump doctrine as you carried them out as his chief? Well, it's interesting, John, you point that out because prior to Donald Trump coming in, you know, as you mentioned, they would all look back and say the Reagan doctrine. Uh, uh, you know, Donald Trump actually uh, was able to take uh, conventional thinking of, of conservative thought and actually move that more towards a working uh, family kind of uh, uh, policy, you know, where uh, it, it used to be uh, that everybody said, well, Republicans were the party of the rich. Well, actually, now we're finding even from votes, the ultra rich vote Democrat, uh, those that are uh, obviously uh, in in uh, the very lowest uh, socioeconomic uh, uh, demographic, typically vote more Democrat, not a Democrat, not to put everybody in a box. But here's what President Trump was able to do. He was able to say, listen, I'm I'm willing to challenge the establishment, whether it's the swamp in Washington, D.C., or the conventional thinking. You, you think about the way that he used tariffs uh, to actually provide leverage, whether it's on the southern border or with China, to bring them to the table to actually negotiate a better deal for our manufacturers and our farmers. Uh, he was also able to actually change foreign policy. If you, you were to ask me, what, what would your biggest surprise about candidates Donald Trump uh, and working for President Donald Trump, it was the ability to uh, to change what happened on the international stage on foreign policy. He was able to, to not only be tough, 
But here was here was a president who, uh, uh, when he came in, they said, oh, we're going to be at war with North Korea. We're going to be at war here. Not only were we not at war, but he established relationships through strength uh, where he was able to to uh, accomplish great things. So what, I'm not just talking about moving the embassy from Tel Aviv to Jerusalem or the Abraham Accords or the fact that NATO for the first time actually started to increase their contributions because the president says, why are, why are American taxpayers footing all the bill? So he was able to do that uh, on a foreign policy basis to the point where it actually draws a, sh- a sharp contrast. If you're not going to be tough with our adversaries series and our allies alike, uh, then it's going to be moving away from that Trump doctrine. And I think that everyone will look and say, did you do this or are you doing this like Donald Trump in, in a foreign policy standpoint? From a domestic standpoint, listen, he embraced energy, energy dominance. He, he embraced those hardworking uh, uh, American men and women. One of the stories I have in the book, I, I talk about uh, a union worker. I think it was in Pennsylvania where I, we we were at a rally and I went up to the union worker and uh, and I said, well, why is it that you uh, you love President Trump so much? And he thought for just a second, he says, well, he's just like me. So here you have a billionaire uh, guy from New York and a, a union pipe fitter that's actually there saying he's just like me. And what he means is, is he wants to love the country. President Trump loved the country. And what we're seeing each and every day is that doctrine. Uh, it, it's going to be a litmus test for members of Congress run, running on the Republican side of the ticket. Uh, it's going to be a litmus test, not just for 2022 and 2024, but for decades and decades to come. He's forever changed the way that we will view uh, conservative politics. Yeah. And I think a lot of people saw President Trump as uh, blue collar at heart with Brunelli threads on top. That was something that, <laughs> like that energy worker there. Speaking of energy, though, there's an anecdote in the book that I would love for you to, to shed light on for us. Speaking of the energy crisis and oil prices with the king of Saudi Arabia and Vladimir Putin. Talk to us about that. You know, it, it's interesting that this is, uh, you know, you're bringing this up today. Obviously, we see Joe Biden and how he's been interacting with Vladimir Putin as it relates to Ukraine and and some of the things that the president actually did on uh, as it relates to, to providing assistance to Ukraine. Uh, I know I've talked to a few people where they're really just wishing that they had a President Donald Trump back in the White House uh, to push back. But but you're, that story you're talking about was one that I just found incredible. You know, if, if you think back, oil prices had plummeted uh, down uh, about twenty to thirty dollars a barrel. They were, you know, in that twenty to thirty dollars a barrel uh, price range, and and we artificially low, and to the point, you know, it was all because of uh, of the shutdowns. The consumption went away both globally and domestically, and uh, and we were going to lose thousands of jobs. I mean, if not tens of thousands of jobs, and the president. Uh, looked at that and said, you know, there's no way that we can let that happen. And that's not just for Texas and Oklahoma, but it was for people in Ohio and Pennsylvania and all across the country. Uh, and, and so what did he do? He says, well, let's get Vladimir Putin and the king of Saudi Arabia on the phone. So I watched through interpreters with him there uh, interacting with these two world leaders uh, to try to make sure that we could stabilize an oil market. And I saw 
saw it in real time. It was just a thing of beauty. And, uh, and I outlined that. But here's the interesting thing. I, I put in there, the president is able to see beyond the horizon. He tells these world leaders, he says, you know, if you guys don't get this right, uh, what's going to happen is, is oil is going to go to zero. And they said, oh, no, 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 Mr. President, the oil is not going to go to zero. And he said, no, I'm telling you, oil is going to go to zero. And they kind of pushed back on him. And yet here he was being able to see beyond the horizon. What happened? You know, a few weeks later, oil goes to zero. Not only does it go to zero, but it goes negative. So what does Donald Trump do? Instead of just spiking the football and say, you know, I told you so, he gets me, he says, call in the Secretary of Energy. Let's buy as much oil as we possibly can at these prices. It won't stay here long. This is artificially low. And by the way, let's make sure the American taxpayer benefits. And so it was all hands on deck. Uh, but it's just a story of how he's willing to take on leaders in a forceful and a direct way. Mark, that's an amazing anecdote. It's one of my favorite anecdotes in the book. We're going to take a quick commercial break. When we come back, we're going to talk about the personal side of President Trump for a few seconds. But first, let's take a quick commercial break. The first 400 people that text PROMO to 75802 and make a donation of any size will receive a copy of The Chief's Chief. Delve into the shadows of the mind with Sleeping Dogs, a gripping murder mystery starring Academy Award winner Russell Crowe. Now available on digital. Crowe portrays an ex-homicide detective unraveling a brutal murder he can't recall. Uncovering secrets from his past, he learns a chilling truth. It's best to let sleeping dogs lie. Visit sleepingdogsmovie.com slash Wondery to watch Sleeping Dogs, now on digital. That's sleepingdogsmovie.com slash Wondery. CarMax is putting peace of mind back in car shopping by putting you in the driver's seat to find a ride that's right for you. Because at CarMax, we believe you shouldn't just settle for a car. You should love your car. That's why every car we sell is CarMax certified quality so you can be sure with upfront pricing that's the same for every customer. So don't settle. Find love at first drive and start shopping now at CarMax.com. CarMax, the way car buying should be. Welcome back, everybody, to this Just the News Real America's Voice special. I'm Amanda Head with my now co-host, John Solomon. Our new show launches January 4th, News Not Noise, Monday through Friday, 6 p.m., so make sure you check that out. But to give you a little taste of what's going to be happening on that show, we've got a lot of great guests that we have planned, newsmakers, authors, all sorts of people that you're going to want to tune in for. One of those we're giving you a tease of tonight, Mark Meadows, author of The Chief's Chief Market. Thanks for coming back. Well, it's great to be back with you, uh, Amanda. And obviously, uh, you know, news, not noise is what we need more of because we get more noise in Washington, D.C. than we do news. <laughs> it is a noisy town, that is for sure. <laughs> 
So I want to touch a little bit on the personal side of President Trump, because a lot of people see him as this huge personality, bombastic personality. Um, but I know that there's a softer side to him and a side that that deeply feels for the American people and the plight of the American people. What are some of those those soft moments you had with him or or moments where you saw a, a level of vulnerability in him? Well, I, I can tell you that the, the personal side of Donald Trump is the side that is least reported on. Uh, and it's the side that honestly is the most endearing. Uh, I think for those of us that know him well, uh, know how he is uh, a gracious host, always a gracious host, willing to to uh, try to make sure the American people and, and people that he comes into contact with actually get to experience what it's like to either be in the Oval Office uh, or uh, ride in the Beast. In fact, I put a, a one particular uh, uh, story in there about riding in the Beast. This was actually when I was a member of Congress. I thought it was going to be the only time in the beast for those that are tuned in is actually his uh, his armored uh, vehicle that that takes him uh, around. And and uh, and he invited uh, I, I tell the story in some detail uh, where he actually invited uh, Debbie and I to join him in the beast riding back to the White House. And and that in itself was a special experience. But here's the personal side that in that story I tell in the chief's chief that maybe people uh, don't recognize. Uh, the re we actually went to the, the, the car alone. We were, we were not there with the president. We were actually there with the Secret Service driver. Uh, and he was where no one expected him to be. There were no cameras, no reporters. He was behind the scenes uh, after a speech thanking every first responder, thanking every law enforcement uh, you know, person, service personnel, taking pictures with them and making sure that each one of them knew how much he appreciated them. And, and he never gets credit for that. And, uh, and that was just one little story that I have in there. Uh, I, I got to see over and over again where we would go to these rallies and he would look out. Uh, one particular rally, because of the COVID restrictions, um, you know, they had limited uh, the number of people that could actually see him. They had him socially distanced in this uh, particular state. And there was this huge crowd of thousands and thousands of people that wanted to get in, couldn't get in, and, and kind of had waited out uh, in this queue. And he says, Mark, let's go over there. Let's make sure. And he spent as much time uh, just doing an impromptu with those people that there were there to support them. He wanted to show that love. Uh, I got to see his generosity up close and personal. He doesn't talk about his generosity. Uh, in fact, uh, when you look at how wonderful he is to actually take care of the needs of individuals, uh, there are a number of lives that have been changed because of the president's actions that will never, ever be reported. Uh, and and that's that personal side that I think that we can all uh, all enjoy. He also has an unbelievably great sense of humor. And uh, <laughs> I've laughed more with President Trump than than I've laughed in a long time. Uh, you're, you're so right about that, Mark. Yeah. You, you, I think, may have been in one of the couple of interviews I got to do with the president in the Oval Office. But he's mischievously funny. He likes to create a little fun and humor on people. So I know we were supposed to go the first time I interviewed him. It was a 10 minute interview. And just before I started, he leaned over me where the press aide couldn't hear it. And he said, don't pay attention to the sand clock. Go as long as you want. So we're going along and it's like 20, 25 minutes. I'm really pushing the limits. And the press aide comes in and said, Mr. President, this was supposed to be 10 minutes. We really need to cut it off. And he turns to me and says, 
And the media calls me, uh, says that we're uh, in collusion with Russia. I can't even collude with my press aide. And everybody in the room breaks up. He, he, he had this incredible, funny, mischievous side to him that uh, few people got to see. In those interviews, I was lucky lucky to see that. Do you have a moment in, in your time as chief where you sit back and say, you know what? That's one of these defining moments that I'm going to always remember about Donald Trump. There's something he did that isn't out there that you say defines the man, not not just the presidency, but the man. Yeah. So uh, so really uh, his his defining moment, I think, uh, and there are a number of them as you as you look at President Trump. But his defining moment, in, in my opinion, is his willingness to make the toughest decisions, regardless of the political uh, consequences. And and those tough decisions, uh, you know, uh, during my you know, my tenure as chief of staff, uh, you know that there were were uh, riots on many streets across America. There was uh, certainly, uh, uh, you know, uh, an economy that was was tough, but he was willing to to personally engage in those, uh, whether it was the riots offering National Guard help to governors across the, the country, many of which were rebuffed. You know, I, I put some of those in there and they, they willingly, uh, you know, said, well, no thanks for the help uh, while their cities burned. And yet that really bothered President Trump in in real terms, he believed that every city should be safe and that you should not be defunding the police. You should be actually increasing their funding and giving them the tools to do things. Uh, but I think the other thing, John, if you're, you're looking at, at defining moments, uh, is that he was willing uh, to tackle the impossible. When people were, were with him telling him it was impossible to get done, uh, he believed that he could accomplish the impossible. And, uh, and I think if you look back at the four years, the historic accomplishments he's had, uh, it was because he was willing to take a risk and certainly willing to get it done. Yeah, I mean, accomplishments across the board, foreign policy, economical, border strength, finally, again. Um, and, and those things are important for us to reflect on. But, but here we are, December of 2021, almost a year into Joe Biden's presidency. And you look at all of those accomplishments under President Trump, and it almost seems that Joe Biden has what I call the reverse Midas touch. Everything he has touched, practically, he has reversed from what President Trump did. Yeah, I, you know, when you look at the southern border, I mean, uh, listen, when President Trump came in, if if you'll recall, under under the Obama uh, administration, you know, we had these caravans, we had a, a real a tough spot at the southern border. In fact, I think it was part of why his message, President Trump's message of securing the border, actually took off. You know, if you look at polling early on in terms of securing the border, it was not one of the top five things that people cared about. And yet, when we saw such a porous southern border, the president knew that not only did he need to build a wall, but he needed to do policies that actually uh, made us a secure nation. So he was able to do that. Uh, and, and create the most secure southern border that we've had in the history of our country. And, and the way that he did it was through real leverage. You know, he was able to, to actually come in and, and push very, very hard uh, using uh, the threat of tariffs occasionally, using his persuasive ability with uh, Mexico and the Remain in Mexico policy to do that. And where we have with Biden right now, whether it is with our southern border, 
whether it's Vladimir Putin and and what we're facing right now, uh, potentially on the brink of uh, another conflict with Ukraine, uh, you've you've got a, a a very different style. One that is, you know, the the Biden administration has really taken everything that Donald Trump did and said we're going to do it different. And they're talking about building back better. But the only build back better that I've been able to see is they built back better the drug cartel at our southern border. They built back better China by giving them a pass. And they're building back better the Taliban by by essentially giving them all our equipment and uh, leaving that all behind. I, I cover that in the book and how the president was very, very strong and forceful with Secretary uh, Esper and Milley on not leaving our, our equipment behind. And yet, what did we see happen? Sadly, that happened. And uh, ultimately, 13 service members gave their life because of, uh, of a botched withdrawal. Yeah, such an important um, remembrance, how, thing, how stable the world was and how stable America was when Donald Trump handled, handed those keys to Joe Biden to 1600 Pennsylvania Avenue. Mark, one of the things that, listen, I know you believe in the importance of the news media, I, that the founding fathers sought a free press as something important. But one of the storylines that never changed in the Trump White House was the erroneous reporting of the news media on all things. I mean, whether it's Russia collusion or Lafayette Square or Russian bounties, uh, they, they were chronically wrong. And now, as Donald Trump leaves, those institutions that painted that wrong story are falling. CNN's numbers have collapsed. Chris Cuomo's gone. The Washington Times just did 12 or 15 corrections on stories that are five years old. What is the lesson for the news media to take from the Donald Trump presidency? Well, listen, they wanted to discount everything that President Trump said and then uh, and honestly would would not accurately report uh, a lot of the things. I, and, and that was a real surprise to me because I do believe in the freedom of the press. I do believe that we need to continue to have a vigorous and, and uh, robust uh, free press. But uh, coming from Capitol Hill, where you, know, you may have a tilt to the left on this reporter, a tilt to the right on that reporter, uh, they would always try to uh, essentially get the facts. And what I found is, as it related to Donald Trump, many times they would take uh, on-the-record quotes or, or background uh, information from White House uh, uh, communications advisors and the like, and, uh, and they would push that and they would discount that for some anonymous source that said that they had, you know, firsthand knowledge. What I found was is that a lot of that reporting uh, was never firsthand knowledge. I can remember talking to one reporter and they said, well, we've got great sources. I said, well, I don't know how you have it because the only other source I'm sitting with right now and they didn't talk to you. And I know I didn't talk to you. And so, you know, you, you get a lot of that. Uh, I think it's important for journalists, uh, journalism to actually have those those sources to confirm and uh, have confirmation, like uh, like I know you guys do, and uh, and if we if we get returned back to that, I think what you'll find is the president Donald Trump's uh, legacy will actually uh, start to be reported on, uh, maybe in the years to come when they don't believe that he's going to run for office again in a little bit more favorable light. I certainly hope so. I mean, as we speak, mainstream media is writing false headlines about your book, Mark. False headlines yeah. about it. So so for those of you out there watching, make sure you actually buy the book so that you know what's actually in it. And stay with us here on this Just the News Real America's Voice special with Mark Meadows, author of The Chief's Chief.
the first 400 people that text PROMO to 75802 and make a donation of any size will receive a copy of The Chief's Chief. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Well, folks, what a special night. First, my first chance to sit right here with this incredible journalist, Amanda Head, and have a show together. We're going to do this every night in January. News, not noise, 6 p.m., Monday through Friday, right here on Real America's Voice. A very special thank you to Mark Meadows for spending the whole hour with us, giving us a view of President Trump that only a few people in the world could give. And uh, if you want to say thank you to him, buy his book, The Chief's Chief. It is a great Christmas gift, and it's a great personal gift yourself. One of the best reads. Um, I want to ble- uh, ask that God bless you during these holidays, that you have a Merry Christmas, enjoy your family, and thanks so much for tuning in tonight to this special and to Real America's Voice. Folks, everyone knows the next medical crisis is just around the corner, whether it comes in the form of a pandemic or something much more mundane like a tick bike. You and your family need to be prepared. That's what we learned from this last pandemic, right? That's where the wellness company comes in. You know the wellness company. We have their great doctors like Dr. Peter McCullough on all the time on our shows. The wellness company and their doctors are medical professionals that you can trust. And the new medical emergency kits are the gold standard when it comes to keeping you safe and healthy, and most importantly, prepared. Be ready for anything. This medical emergency kit contains an assortment of life-saving medications, including ivermectin and z The medical emergency kit provides a guidebook to aid in the safe use of all of these life-saving medications. So you know what you're doing. From anthrax to tick bites to COVID and even the bioweapon like the plague, the wellness company's medical emergency kit is exactly what you need to have on hand to be prepared. Rest assured knowing that you have emergency antibiotics, antivirals, and antiparasitics on hand to keep you and your family safe from whatever the globalists throw your way. Go to www.twchealth/justnews today in order. That's twc.health/justnews and use the promo code justnews to save 10%. At Just the News, we break the stories others in the media ignore or are too afraid to tell. We did it on Russia collusion, Hunter Biden, and the security and intelligence failures that preceded January 6th. Our stories have real impact and reach because we stick to the facts. I'm John Solomon. You can help me expand our honest, unvarnished, and unbiased reporting by becoming a premium member 
at Just the News. You'll get an ad-free experience and exclusive member-only access to events. And you'll be helping us dig up more truth. Join today at justthenews.com slash subscribe.